heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. No and now, politics Malcolm. It's, it's a sad day when you see someone at the caliber of a Colin Powell. Uh, in the fact he had died uh, from COVID complications makes it an extraordinarily sad day and uh, an unfortunate way to start the week. Now, when I started seeing a lot of the headlines on this, first of all, it was a shock to me. I'm sure it was a shock to you out there. And But then I see he was fully vaccinated. Now, what really surprised me is, you know, the the former secretary of state was 84 years old and it was it was you know i tried to remember like wow i don't remember he was 84 years old in fact i i wouldn't have guessed that i i thought he was still in his 70s so i guess i wasn't paying attention but 84 years old and the man looked remarkably uh very good very healthy i seen him earlier this year in fact and uh he was looking pretty good for an 84 year old man i have to tell you again i didn't really even know he was that old uh, but the news that he was fully vaccinated, well, that right away, you know, you, you, there's two parts of that conversation that happened then. There are those who are going to say, well, you know, OK, so the vaccines didn't work again. And that's the first thing you take from that headline. So how can somebody be fully vaccinated and then die from the COVID complications? Now, we don't know all those details and the family hasn't released all those details and the family may not ever release those details and and understandably so i mean there it is a private matter still right um, just as it would be with your one of your loved ones that you want to keep some of that information close right so we may never know uh, what the reasons are the circumstances around that but i mean i started thinking did he die from the vaccines even all right so you have the one point where the vaccines some would say didn't work and then the next point is that, you know, could the vaccines have caused the death? There's a lot of reports of that that we're seeing. But then the third piece of this, and there are multiple reports I read uh, today on this as well, that, well, probably because he didn't get the booster, you see. So that would have caused the death because he didn't get the booster, they think, although they're not really sure either. So, you see, my point is there's a lot of speculation. And it really is depends upon how you want to look at any of these stories and what your ideology is. And the point is, if you want to believe that vaccines don't work, well, then that's fully legit to take from that. Well, the vaccines didn't work and Colin Powell died uh, unnecessarily from, you know, the fact that the vaccines didn't work. The other one is, OK, uh, you know, maybe they caused the problem. Maybe they caused the death and you would believe that or that everything is solid and he just missed the opportunity to get the booster. So it, it really comes down to how you look at these stories, really. Uh, it, it's a bit of a shocker. So let's talk about some stories that matter this week. My friends, welcome in to the voice of a nation here. It is Malcolm Out Loud, yours truly here. I think this first story that matters is indeed Colin Powell. Let's talk about it a moment here. So his first black United States Secretary of State, that was a big accomplishment. I remember when it happened, the moment it happened, you know. Uh, and um, again, 84 years old, remarkable. What a remarkable life, though, for this patriot, you know. 
Uh, and, and we'll get to some of the uh, controversies on this man as well in just a moment here. But, you know, you kind of forget sometimes he was a retired four-star general, but he was. And, and that in itself is a, an accomplishment, really. Um, it served as Secretary of State from 2001 to 2005, and that was under W, you might recall there. He had an amazing career. I mean, he, he covered a lot of ground, uh, and he was always at the forefront. And I'll tell you, for me, uh, in the day, I was very proud of Colin Powell. Uh, I, be, I became a little disillusioned a little bit later on in life when I seen much of his politics and the way he embraced uh, the what I would call the Marxist left. Uh, but I, I seen him for the most part as a, a patriot, uh, a solid figure, a statesman in American politics, uh, uh, incredible career, always challenged himself uh, and pushed himself, which I admire that in any man, any woman. I, I admire that very much, accomplishing everything he could accomplish in one life. That's an awful lot to fit into one life, my friends. And, and he did it. He did it. Newsweek says he was also a controversial figure. And there are three things they bring up about Powell that you may not even uh, maybe know or maybe have paid attention to. But I remember all three of these things, actually. Uh, so at the time, the, the first item, they say he was tasked to investigate uh, a, a massacre, the U.S. massacre in, in the Vietnam War. But he came back and the report was he found no wrongdoing in that massacre. And he was later accused specifically of whitewashing that, uh, the massacre, and the details of which didn't fully come out until uh, the surface under this thing to well after 1970. And that was the first thing. But a lot of politics played into that. Uh, he, he, and then they go on to say his legacy was further tarnished, and you might recall this as well, in 2003, and, and Newsweek says it was tarnished. That's not my words now, but that's what they're saying. Uh, and again, it depends upon where your perspective is on this thing. But, you know, when he told the United Nations Security Council uh, the, uh, the, that, uh, the information about the war, and you might recall he claimed that uh, the Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein was secretly keeping those weapons of mass destruction. That was a big deal, remember, at the moment. That, that's, that's what uh, uh, you know, blew that whole thing open and, and where uh, was the decline of Hussein. Um, uh, the, the claims that he, that he had the weapons of mass destruction uh, represented a web of lies, uh, Powell told the council at the United Nations Security Council. You know, he told them was a, uh, that was a web of lies, that he had no weapons. He said he did. Well, those weapons were never found. And so Powell was incorrect with all of that. And he wasn't the only one. There were a whole lot of people incorrect with that. And, of course, that was the uh, uh, the relinchment of this whole um, Bush uh, legacy and going after Saddam Hussein and that created the whole war there. Um, but the biggest thing that I, I think we want to focus on here, Powell was, at least we understood he was a Republican for most of his political life. I mean, he didn't really always claim that, but it was clear with his politics that he was, although he worked for both sides of the political aisle. Uh, now, he became uh, disillusioned a lot with a lot of the GOP, and he started to throw his weight behind a lot of Democrats. And he didn't like where the GOP was going. Again, Powell was considered more of a moderate. And where the GOP, uh, you know, a lot of those politics that went more to that side, he, um, 
he pushed against it. Specifically, he supported Barack Obama. Of course, Barack Obama was the first black president and Powell endorsed him. Uh, and that was in that final month of the campaign in 2008. Uh, and, you know, that was a sad, sad day for Republicans, I have to tell you, for conservatives specifically, was a sad day. I know for me, I lost a lot of respect uh, for, for Colin Powell at that point that he had endorsed somebody as extreme and radical as a Barack Obama. And it was a it was a surprise a little bit. But, you know, a lot of things in this country, sad to say, come back to black and white. And I always questioned in my mind. Did he, you know, support and endorse the president for the fact that, you know, that uh, he was black? I mean, was that the reason? I mean, he, they didn't say that, but that's the way a lot of these a lot of these things fall. And I, I don't know if that was the reason, but I had a hard time. It was a stretch to find out what other reasons he would like a Barack Obama in, in office. I mean, he's a smart guy, Powell is. He knew how to investigate. I had looked at his this guy's background, Obama, and there's no way any good conservative or Republican would have endorsed the support, let alone endorse, but support and endorse this, uh, this guy for president. It just wouldn't happen, people. So that was something that, that caught me uh, by surprise, and I, I lost a lot of respect for Colin Powell at that moment, truth be told. I really did. It was, it, I was sad. I, I always looked up to Colin Powell. Uh, again, I, I don't care whether somebody's black, white, yellow, brown. It doesn't matter to me. I just, I liked the man. I liked what the man stood for. And uh, he was a principle-driven uh, guy, Powell was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was a patriot, I believe, but he was a statesman. And I was very proud that he was a conservative of sorts and uh, very proud that he was the first black secretary of state. In fact, truth be told, I'll tell you right now, I would have supported him to be president. In fact, I wanted him to run back in the day after Bush. I would have absolutely supported him for president of the United States, Colin Powell. Absolutely. I would have voted for him. I would have supported him. I would have got behind him. I liked him. But with this maneuver of endorsing Barack Obama and supporting that, uh, uh, you know, and then, it, you know, it, it went further than that. He supported a lot of the left, left progressive uh, extremist politics, uh, including Biden, and he sort of disengaged from um, Republican circles. So whatever was going on in Powell's life, and we, and you know, it, it's um, it's easy to you know talk about these things after the fact, but unless you're really walk in somebody else's moccasins. We, we really don't know, friends, what he was thinking or, you know, why he made the kinds of decisions he made, you know, really and truly. Now, earlier this year in January, it was another sad moment because Powell came out and he said that he no longer considered himself a fellow Republican. And this was after the well, you know what happened. This was after President Donald Trump's, uh, um, you know, the mob and all of that, and uh, that had happened with the Capitol on the 6th. This was all of that, my friends. And uh, so Powell came out and made a statement on that point, said he no longer considered himself to be a fellow Republican based on that Capitol event. I thought that was short-sighted because he was blaming it all on 
the Republicans and conservatives and Trump and what have you, but there was a whole other piece to that Capitol Sixth event, including the setup of the Antifa and Black Lives Matter groups and others that were put into play. And so I don't think it was just a Republican event. I think it was an American event. And I think people were pissed off at the system, quite frankly. And I think people reacted accordingly. Some people may have went a little too far, but they were protesting in the people's house for sure. Now, there were no weapons brought in there or any of that, and I'm not here to debate or discuss or defend whatever happened that time. But I think when you get to a point of our country that we're in now, people start to push back. And we've seen that before historically in America. And, uh, you know, listen, it's a moment in time, good or bad. I mean, everybody has to judge for themselves what it was. To me, it was a wake up call. Now, that's what that event was at the Capitol. It was a wake up call. And it was a wake up call for these politicians to to stop taking Americans for granted and pay attention to step up. But the erosion of that event has been heavily tarnished now. And uh, I'm not sure what the long term lessons will be, quite honestly. There's, as you know, still it's still being debated up at the Capitol. But, you know, these people, it's always uh, they're, they're always out to protect their own hides. So you never really do get the, um, the unvarnished truth when it comes to an event like this. You know, I mean, they'll throw each other under the bus in a hot second and for their political ideology. And I also believe they'll throw the country under the bus. Sadly, I don't say that gleefully, but I do believe it's accurate. They will throw the country under the bus as well to save their ideology. You know, our, our ideology, our ideological belief system is, uh, is, uh, is it, it, we are well, pretty we're all pretty staunch on those ideological beliefs. We, we believe a certain way and we're all, and a lot of people are not bendable to that. It's party politics, partisan politics, whatever it is. But I think, I think that's one of the big game changers we see today that I, I'm seeing. There's less of country first. It's more of political party ideology first, don't you think? And that's, that's what I'm seeing more of now today. And I think we're paying the price for that. There's a lot less patriots. There's a lot less Paul Revere's of the day. And there's more people just trying to save their own hide. And they go back to those political stripes. Now, whether or not Colin Powell was hiding his real belief system as a younger guy and when Bush was in there and he claimed he was a Republican, we really don't know. I mean, truthfully, we don't know. I, you know, unless you've seen him actually vote, maybe all those years he was voting Democrats and he maybe he was playing the Republican Party like like he was one of them. And yet maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I mean, it's possible, I guess. Unless, how much his ideological uh, you know, belief system changed in that period of time? I mean, unless it changed dramatically. But for him, it was actually opposite of what we always say and suggest. We always say and suggest when patriots or statesmen like that are younger, they're more liberal minded, more that side progressive, but more liberal, you know, freewheeling. And then they become more conservative as they get older. Well, Powell, if that's all accurate, Powell did that in reverse, if that's accurate as well. It's hard to say. But for me, it, it really was a sad moment when all that happened. And when I seen the statement made earlier this year, I, I just, I totally lost respect for the man. And I, I, you know, now to see this happen right now, uh, you know, it's funny what death does to us. I mean, death is permanent at that point. And, you know, he's not here to defend himself anymore. And I'm not here to 
to kick him either, um, that he can't. Uh, I, I still see him as a statesman, a, a patriot. He had his belief system, whatever that, you know, was. And, you know, we, we don't know everything, but we know some of the things. In fact, a little bit later on, uh, I'm going to share with you, uh, very interesting. He had 13 rules he lived by that you probably don't know about. And I'm going to share some of those with you a little bit later on here. Uh, and I, I find them fascinating. We'll, we'll end today's program with those, actually. Okay. Uh, but anyways, that's one of the stories that matter this week is Colin Powell, for sure. Um, you know, whatever you think, he made a mark. He accomplished a great deal. Uh, again, the ideological belief system, where that falls, political party, of course, where that falls. But the fact that he embraced someone as extreme and radical as Barack Obama is why I would uh, removed from supporting him. Uh, today, uh, again, in, in the day, I, I would have absolutely, I would have campaigned for him. I thought he was a very honorable man and was, and, and, you know, and I still may think that way. If you go with your gut and you go with your, your, your real belief system, you can't be faulted for that, whatever it is. Uh, but for me, there was that divide. And so I could no longer support him today within his politics. You understand what I mean? But that doesn't take from the man's accomplishments. Does that make sense? You know, and again, I'm not going to go and call him names and criticize him beyond that, other than we didn't see eye to eye, at least in that last chapter of his life, for sure. But he will be missed. He will absolutely be missed, you know, in, in, in a remarkable life that no one should take anything from. In, in, the, in that regard, and on those metrics, I, I admire the man. And, and um, wish him well and his family well, for sure, and himself on his journey forward. Uh, you know, our souls live on, and our energy that we put out in the world is still here. And Colin Powell, the way he impacted the world, is still here. It's going to be here. And that never goes away, friends. That's here. Remember, that's a lesson for all of us in this life. You know, it's, it's our energy will always out. It's, it's here after we move on. So it's always going to be here. Whatever that legacy is, whatever was left, it's here. That doesn't die with us. So remember that we all have an energy field. I always find this fascinating. I, I'm not an expert in this, but there are experts out there. I've talked to them over the years. And there is an energy field we put out there. And a lot of you out there, you know what I mean. And that energy field lives on no matter what happens. So that's something I think to look forward to for all of us, I think. For me, I look at it that way. What am I accomplishing here? And is it good for mankind? And how do I make it better? I want to leave a great legacy, but I want to have my energy field to be wide and make an impact while we're here. Why not? All right. It beats the alternative. All right. To be a bump on a log somewhere. Come on. You know, well, we're talking today, friends, stories that matter this week here. It's Malcolm Out Loud here. And uh, I want to get to another one now. This one is a shocker. So brace yourself. And the, the news just started uh bubbling out here at the beginning of the week. And this is a big one. This is one of those new stories that's a gulp. And it is that China had tested the hypersonic missile and caught the United States intel by surprise. Now, listen, the first thing to take from those headlines, and this headline, I mean, it's on in a lot of publications. This particular one comes from the NDTV report, okay? But... You know, 
you, you, the part I take from that is caught U.S. Intel by surprise. And that's been documented now in multiple publications. But you think, you know, okay, you know, maybe if our Intel system was really uh, doing what they should be doing instead of spying on Americans and playing in dirty politics, and surely these government agencies and the NSA and our Intel and our FBI, CIA, and uh, all of it, Homeland Security, all of it, uh, you know, you know, maybe they wouldn't be caught by surprise on anything if they were paying attention to what matters. But the problem is, you know, Washington has been broken in regards to China politics for, I think, quite some time. And I think we're starting to see this and we're starting to pay the price. I mean, as I was talking about over the weekend uh, on Viewpoint, uh, Trump was really the first uh, president in our lifetime who uh, had uh, gone after China in the way that he did. I mean, without hesitation. I mean, he was attempting to level the playing field. And I think he, you know, he he definitely tipped the canoe and rocked the canoe over with China. I mean, he upset some things with Xi Jinping and the CCP, the Communist Party. Uh, that's why they worked extra hard with the COVID episode uh, and the whole uh, bat and the soup job with coronavirus and Wuhan uh, to uh, have this circulate around the world. I think they were in a heap of trouble, both economically uh, back in their country and uh, with the fact that Trump was crippling them with uh his, uh, you know, steadfast policies and going against the trade, uh, the bat, the economic imbalance of exports and imports, you know, the, the whole thing, he was out, you know, everything and, and understood that. So, uh, that's, you know, we're back to now the Biden family and China and Hunter selling artwork and who's with who and what's with what. And, you know, it's hard to really know, you know, beyond the talking points of what we see, how far Biden is embedded with China. I mean, there's a lot of heavy reports on this, as you all know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But uh, it's, it's certainly being camouflaged well. I mean, here you've got a uh, president in the White House who is, uh, uh, you know, created uh, very dynamic bedfellows with China. Now, on the other hand, Trump was, uh, I mean, he was accused of being that way with Russia and the media beat that to death. That's all we heard is Russia, Russia, Russia for all those years, right? That's all we heard. But now with China, you don't hear the flip side of that at all, that he gets a pass from the media. I mean, you just don't hear much about it. But well, back to this hypersonic missile now. Um, so what happened is this all happened in August. They launched a nuclear uh, capable missile that circled the Earth. Now, listen to this at low orbit. Uh, and so it's at very low or orbit. That's what makes this a differentiated. Because of that, it goes at really unbelievable speeds. Um, there's no way to stop these things at this point or shoot them down that we know of. And then at very low orbit, it, what it does is it descends right towards its target. Now, this one they did in August, this test one. And, and, and you might remember this hypersonic thing. This was something Russia was bragging about a while back, but we never really did get. It wasn't um, they, they didn't get as far as China did right now with this. But there was a lot of talk with Putin on that, that they were pushing the envelope with the cypersonic missile. Now, they're, they're playing with all this as well. I mean, there's, there's a list of countries doing this, actually. Russia and China are not the only ones. 
Um, but so they launched this, as, and it's a nuclear-capable missile. I mean, they can attach nuclear weapons right to this thing. And so it goes low orbit all the way around the, uh, the globe, you know, uh, Earth, and uh, before it descends. And the one they did in August, it, it came pretty damn close to the uh, target it was descended on. Some reports I see uh, about 20 miles and others about 12 miles within the target. Well, friends, if you're attaching nuclear weapons to a missile like this, I mean, 12 or 20 miles isn't going to matter. That's You might as well call that your target because the damage is going to be extensive and it's going to be a game changer. Uh, now, this whole thing is a game changer, what China has done here. And the fact that U.S. intel services were caught by surprise is also uh, a game changer within this whole hypersonic weapons conversation. But it also puts China in front of the curve here, far more than a lot of people thought. And now we're starting to see how much of a problem China is. And we've surely been reporting on this, but in a lot of ways all over, all over the, uh, the globe again, you know. Now, beside China, the U.S., Russia, there's at least five other countries who are working on this hypersonic technology. It is a game changer, people. And like the traditional ballistic missiles, it can deliver all kinds of weapons, including the nuclear weapons. But here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. It flies at more than five times the speed of sound. Now, think about how quick that is. Five times the speed of sound. So that's just yelling across a mountaintop with an echo. And I mean, it's that thing's already gone. You can't even see it. Your naked eyes not. I mean, five times this. That's really incredible. I mean, that's hypersonic, right? That's what that is. So ballistic missiles and all that we have now. These fly, and you've seen pictures of this. They fly high into space, and then you've seen the pictures where it kind of arcs, and there's a, an arc when it comes in to reach the target, and it arcs and comes right down. That's kind of how that, and that's traditional. The ballistic missiles that are out there now, but the hypersonic. That's at a, a very low uh, uh, altitude a trajectory in the atmosphere, and this uh, reaches the targets more quickly. Uh, they, they they're not they, they don't have means to shoot them down. They're telling us now, uh, unless there's some, and you know I say that to you, and that's what the reports say. But you know I'm going to say to you, I surely hope that our government has means, I mean, it's not being said anywhere, but I, I surely hope, there's a lot we don't know is my point here. There's a lot in these stories that are never divulged. I surely hope that our military has ways or they're pretty close to working on it. I pray to God almighty that that is the case. You know what I'm saying? And, and hopefully, and if not, this is a major wake up call. It's hard to know within all these news reports, how far ahead we are and you know what we know or don't know with, with a story like this, because, you know, uh, our military is not going to come out and, and, and release all the facts on this. They're not going to come out and defend this or, uh, you know, give our secrets to where we're at or how far we're into hypersonic missiles. Now, here's an interesting point that'll irritate the hell out of you. I know it did me. I've seen reports uh, this morning as well with KT McFarlane, uh, who come out and, you know, she, she's a great uh, voice in, um, in foreign policy, uh, she says that it was uh, Barack Obama that canceled our development, uh, America's development in the hypersonic technology. So he canceled it all. And, you know, you think of the Obama agenda, you think of the Biden agenda, where we're at, and you wonder whose side these people are on. You know, I mean, surely it's not America's side. 
We look at the policies that are being pulled forth right now with the 46th president of the United States and then you know, in, and then his mentor, uh, number 44, Barack Obama. And, and you have to wonder, who, whose side are they on? And you look at some of their, well, about all their policies, actually. And of course, the reports are now that as Barack Obama has got his hand heavily in the 46th agenda and is probably running the parade. Of course, you're not going to hear that on you know 60 Minutes or NBC or anything, but that that is what we hear with these reports, you know. Whatever it is, KT says Obama canceled that development, um, and she also went on further to say that uh, you know, and and this is another thing. This is another thing that the Chinese stole this technology, and then guess what? They developed the weapon themselves. Now, it's like, I, I think I, in fact, I talked about this over the weekend on Viewpoint about the new stealth bomber they have, right? That was another thing we talked about just now. It looks eerily familiar to another stealth bomber. And it makes me think, you know, we're being so incredibly laxed in our country. I mean, with the fact that we let our universities open and the, you know, the, um, uh, we let all of these, uh, our education system and educating the Chinese and in the laboratories and in the universities and professors. And, uh, you know, doctors, a lot of these people are educated here and they go back home or a lot of them are spies here that are stealing our technology and our labs and our universities and in our major companies, the technology companies, a lot of people that are selling out. And there are some Americans who are selling out, too, to be quite frank with you. Uh, the point is, we're very laxed in this area. And I think we let our guard down and we're paying the price for this right now. And this is, to me, what I see. And I'm, this is just my opinion now. I think this is only the very tip of the iceberg here now. I think there's a lot that China has stolen on us and, and not only China, but other countries as well. That technology is all over the world. We're not being careful enough and we're not safeguarding uh, our technology and our innovations. America has always been ground zero for innovation and uh, technology. I mean, you look at all the greatest inventions, it's American exceptionalism people, but you look at all the greatest inventions here in this century and the last century, and America is at the top of that list for producing all of these products, whether it's the automobile or or the, many of the technology, the, the internet, all, I mean, it comes from our country. I mean, we're on the edge of all this, but are we safeguarding these, these uh, projects and these products enough? Well, clearly we're not. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time, but I'd like to know what's really being done and probably not because everything becomes uh, um, toxic. It becomes torched. It becomes lit. It, 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 it becomes, you know, this environment, this, well, it's a PC, politically correct environment, and it becomes, you, you know, anything you push back against, it becomes, uh, you know, labeled as such, as racist. And that's how the left, and the left is, is a cancer to our country. The Marxist left I'm speaking about, I'm not talking about moderate Democrats now. I'm talking about the, the Marxist left, the progressive wing of the nutjobs. If this is the biggest danger, this is the biggest threat to our country, not even China, Russia or any of that. If we don't start to clean house, and, and this is an important point to make, if we don't start to clean house here right now in our country, 
you know, these problems we're talking about today with China and Russia and Iran and North Korea and the Middle East and, you know, all the endless problems we're dealing with in the world, they're just going to multiply, multiply and multiply because we, we haven't fixed the problem here. Nobody's talking about this, but I am right now. We, we haven't fixed the problem and we're not demanding this to be fixed either with these political leaders. And I think a lot of Americans have pushed off on this thing. You know, they're not, um, they're not paying attention and they're, and they're giving too much power to the political elites. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem. And we're not changing. We're not demanding. Number one, we're not demanding what we want to happen. So we, the people are going to have to hit back heavy, hard here, uh, for sure. And that's, that's the only thing that's going to make the ultimate difference here. But that hypersonic missile, is is a game changer now and that china has done that and now you see the rest of the maneuvering going on with china around the world and you've got to begin to question yourself people like uh, you know this kind of plays to the narrative we've been talking about for some time doesn't it really you know now we're going to take a pause right now friends you're listening to the voice of a nation our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It was a vision that gave birth to a unique multimedia platform that would combine classic talk radio, great writers, and memorable podcasts and videos. AmericaOutloud.com is a conservative leader in a field that is predominantly run by far-left progressive globalists. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It's Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and it's great to have you with me on the mission, my friends. And uh, all right, we're talking about stories that matter this week, and another one is going to be. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I've seen the excerpts, not the entire show. There's not too many of these. Uh, I don't know about you, these um, programs that I am ever able to watch in their entirety. Like I get messages and all the time, did you see such and such or got to go watch Levin or you got to go watch, you know, 60 Minutes or watch, I I say, okay, all right. You know, I just don't have the time to uh, spend hours and hours and hours watching these crazy people typically talk trash most of the time, I think, but um, that's not where I get my news from. But the key is, and you know, we can always go back and watch the excerpts and get the video takes. That's one thing about any of these programs. Uh, you know, we may not have the time to watch them in full, but the best way to, that I use my time is to catch the, the highlights or the lowlights in many cases, uh, but catch the video excerpts or the write-up on it. And that's the best way that I find to be totally, totally informed. I and mean, I go through a lot of news every day. I mean, all the headlines, everything that's happening, but I don't sit and watch or listen on radio or television to any of these things. That's not how I form my opinions. My opinions are, I mean, my ideology doesn't change. I'm a patriot. I'm a conservative. I love our country. Uh, we're a Christian nation. I put God first, country, family. I mean, these things don't change. Um, and so, you know, hearing somebody else's opinions on this or that isn't going to change my belief system. So that's kind of, that's why I give it to you straight when we talk. But again, watching and seeing some of the highlights or lowlights in these excerpts will serve the same purpose, my friends, is my point here. So let's talk about this report from Axios, uh, another one, uh, ex-defense secretary, Robert Gates. The U.S. seems to be coming unhinged. You think? <laughs> Is he telling us anything we don't know, friends, right? Well, it goes on to say extreme polarization in the U.S. is the greatest threat to the country's democracy, he says. Well, first of all, he's got that wrong right there, right? Uh, it, the fact that he's calling us that. Uh, but uh, so this is, uh, he did a, a, a interview, big deal with uh, 60 Minutes. Uh, and uh, this was broadcast over the weekend on Sunday, as always, you know. And why it matters, they say. Well, the Republican who served eight presidents, can you believe that? Served eight presidents. Mean, he's, he's got a storied career, another one, another Gates, you know. And, and of course, he'll always be known for the most famous saying that's repeated about every day is that, you know, you know where I'm going. You know, Joe Biden's been wrong about every foreign policy for the last 40 plus years. I mean, he's he's the dude who is uh, credited or discredited, if you're on the other side of that, with saying that statement. Yet they still put him head of the party and put him as president. I'm talking about the Democrat Party now. Uh, when you f- figure all those candidates they had out on the stage and the best they could do was Joe Biden. Somebody who was the oldest man ever elected to office, the way you know he was the oldest man ever elected to be president of the United States, is somebody who clearly did not have all his faculties, never to make fun of that. I don't do that here. I don't find Alzheimer's or dementia a funny uh, talking point. I think it's a sad day that we haven't uh, fixed this uh, disease. And uh, that's what I look forward to is having a cure. Just as much as I wanted it for Ronald Reagan, I would want it for any American, um, including a Joe Biden, if that's what it comes down to. But wishing that on anybody is uh, accomplishes nothing, my friends. 
dementia and Alzheimer's is a sad thing. And we see older people go through it. We see our parents, our grandparents, some, many often go through it. And I think someday there's going to be an answer for that, that, uh, that we won't have to suffer that in our golden years to have lost our memory. So Gates talks about this extreme polarization. He says that the greatest threat is found within the two square miles that encompass the White House and the Capitol building. Now, he goes on to say, Gates, the attack on the Capitol was the first time armed enemies of democracy had been in the Capitol since the War of 1812. Uh, he, he says uh, regarding the January 6th, he's calling the insurrection. Uh, and uh, he says, seeing somebody parading through the Capitol carrying a Confederate flag, that had never happened even during the Civil War. Gates goes on to say he's confused as to why some lawmakers are in denial about the Capitol riot. He said these same people who were terrified on January 6th, and he's referring to many who were in their offices and spoke out about it, and whose lives were in danger. I mean, I think he's really overstating some of this. I mean, and the whole idea of weapons in there, the only ones that had weapons to, to what I see has ever been reported is the uh, the police themselves. I, I don't know of any patriots bringing weapons in. I haven't heard or seen anything of that nature, you know. Uh, I mean, a flagpole or a, a sign isn't a weapon, or I guess it could be used as one, but that's not a weapon specifically, right? Um he says, it, uh, so those same people who were terrified on January 6th and whose lives were in danger now basically say, well, these are just your normal tourists. And they're not saying these are just your normal tourists. That's what Gates saying. So Gates is, um, you know, stretching the truth here on the whole insurrection. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of statesmen, a lot of people, a lot of people in political positions and people who've been in the military positions like Gates has. They come out that way because they're not seeing the rising of patriots who want their voices heard. And these people are really I, I think this is pretty normal. What Gates is saying, they're they're sort of uh, aghast at the fact that Americans, that patriots would rise up. But really, if they really study this thing and look at it historically and see that that's really an American thing that. Just like now, when we talk about a revolutionary war or a moment in time or something that says, well, that we, the people, don't like what is happening here. So that's where you have, to me, you have the elites in power, and then you have the rest of us. That, that really is, to me, where the divide is and the argument is, is the elites and the rest of us. And Gates, he would be an elite. I mean, I, it's not that I like him or dislike him. That, that's neither here or there. And I don't really have strong feelings on him, quite frankly. Not about he doesn't fit my ideology. I'm just talking about, you know, and I'm talking about this divide, the elites and the rest of us. And so when Gates make these kinds of statements, I think they're kind of lit that he's a statesman and he thinks that, you know, I think he falls into that capacity of that category, just as probably you or I might be if we held the same positions he held, we might think the same way. You know, we, we might feel the same exact way. So it doesn't surprise me so much that he makes these kinds of statements. I just think you out there need to know that these are lit statements and they're coming from an elite point of view and they don't see it the same way. See, I don't look at the Capitol as some big egregious affair that, you know, they went in there with weapons and they were in insurrection and trying to, you know, undo democracy, as he says. I don't see it that way. 
at all. I think some people, you know, got a little caught up in the moment, had a little fun, they thought, and put their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk and that sort of thing. I mean, I get that. And of course, they paid the price for it. They're going to prison now uh, for these little antics. But it's not like they had a gun to somebody's head or shot somebody dead or did some other act. I mean, they acted out maybe some of their fantasies, running through with the flagpole or yelling something or, you know, people get caught up into the moment. I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever. It, it, it happened. Do I think these people should go to jail for, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 months, two years? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I, you know, the, the, what they're doing, the elites are trying to they're trying to uh, paint a picture and they are trying to use them as an example. That's what that's what's happening here. They're trying to use these patriots as an example, and so that others don't think they can do it to go get away with that. That's why they put up all that fencing and the security zone around the Capitol, and they sort of seized the power back to say, well, what I say, elites and the rest of us. So the rest of us, you've got to know your position, and you 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 you've. Um, you're not welcome here. You, you've overstated your, you know, you, you can't, you're, it's like, well, they call it the people's house. I mean, that's a blessed joke. It's not, I mean, these people, do, these elites don't look at it as the people's house. Nancy Pelosi doesn't look at it as the people's house. She believes she's in a different character. She's a different person. And that's how it is, people. Right? That's how it is. So that's the elites and the rest of us. And that's that's what's happening. So that's why with Gates with that interview. Uh, but but the, the, the point of note here, I want to say he goes on to say on former President Trump's uh, claims that he didn't uh, lose the 2020 presidential election, that it was stolen. Gates says it underscores the theme that China is sounding around the world, that the United States political system doesn't work, and that the United States is a declining power. Gates said that on 60 Minutes. Let that roll around in your brain for a couple of minutes. It underscores the theme that China is sounding around the world that the United States political system doesn't work and that the United States is a decline in power. That is the message coming from Beijing, make no mistake about it. It's also the message coming from Moscow. It's also the message coming from Iran, from Tehran. It's also the message coming from North Korea. It's all these places. That's the message coming, what Gates is saying there, really. But whose fault is that? That's a lot of our power struggle today, is uh, people that are in a category like, like a Gates, like a Robert Gates. I, again, not taking, or even Colin Powell, for that matter, any of these people that were talking about, Nancy Pelosi. When you've spent all your life in your career around the system, and you've got those sort of connections that you can just, you know, reach out and call somebody or email somebody, you, you find yourself in a different category, more or less. You know, these people believe they're in a different category. So they don't look at themselves as one of us. When I say you and I, and I think the rules in their mind change for a lot of these people. And I think that's where a lot of these comments come from, Gates, whether it be right or wrong. I think that statement he says out there about underscoring the theme that China is sound around the world, it's a pretty accurate statement. And, and the fact that they believe that United States is declining in power, it's not so bad that they, that's not the worst part of it, that they believe or they make the statement that a China would make that statement that the United States is declining power is do we believe it? And more than even that, whether we believe it or they believe it, is it true? 
Well, you have to look at all these stories and size it up yourself, people, to understand. Do you think it's true? Is the United States a decline in power? Something we talk about a lot here on the platform, isn't it now? And when we're coming up on 250 years and what's going to happen now, it's this great power. That's just the question. We're, we're at the moment. We're at the moment that matters. It, it, it's sort of, you know, it really is where we're circling the wagons or circling the, the chairs, if you will. And when the music stops, will there be a chair open for us to take or are we left out there? And, and this is sort of as the world is changing right now. The power structure is changing in the world. And we know it. We can see it. We can see it right there. We see what's happening and all these and opportunities we have failed to tap into. Things that have happened. We, we've, um, and, and we're too busy fighting here. Back to the elites and the rest of us. And the elites and the left and the right and the progressive Marxist left and then the the uh, Republican establishment, and that becomes the grand old party and a lot of the rhinos and the rest of it. You see where that structure is, the political structure and uh, the, the political intersection, I guess, you know. Uh, and, and we're doing it to ourselves. This, as someone we were just talking about that on the weekend, it's self-inflicted. This is all self-inflicted. But the moment of truth, when the music stops, is going to be the key. And right now, we're in a very bad, vicious game of musical cheers with the world. And whether we become the end in power to this, back to this decline in power, whether we're going to believe that or not, the, the, the key is, is it true or not? Now, I give you a lot of stories today that matter, and including the hypersonic missile from China just moments ago. Well, this is where, you know, in a lot of it, totally avoidable. All of it's avoidable. But again, because of the PC culture, the politically correct culture, what's right, what's wrong, and how you think and what you think makes you a racist if you don't agree with the Marxist left. Now, to be clear, I think Barack Obama was part of the Marxist left, 100%. 100%. Don't have any hesitation with that at all. There's a Marxist ideology he comes from. Absolutely. It's his belief system. And I think that's where Biden is. And Biden's a puppet. That's not so much worried about a legacy because his brain is not all there. I'm not trying to be ugly here. He just, his wires are not totally connected is all I'm saying, you know? And, uh, and th that's the difference right there. So anyways, I'll leave it there, but I want to get to this other story that matters as well. And that's um, <laughs> back to the elites and the rest of us, Biden and, and, and others. I mean, this is just another day and, the Washington, D.C. paradise, or the elite paradise, I should say. So he's caught violating the, the Washington, D.C. Uh, Marxist mask policies uh, at, a, at a posh, a posh, a Georgetown restaurant. Okay, is the headline. Yeah, this one was in Fox, by the way. So he and uh, First Lady Jill Biden were caught violating the D.C.'s uh, indoor mask uh, mandate. Uh, and walking through a high-end Georgetown restaurant without mask on, okay? Um, and this all happened over the weekend now. A very pricey Italian seafood restaurant. And that's terrific at the Potomac River. And, and listen, you can afford the pricey Italian seafood restaurant. More power to you. I don't take anything away from anybody, including you, uh, you or I or the guy next door. If you can afford it, go do it. Absolutely. I, I don't like people who look down and they say, well, they're at a pricey Italian. Well, better than being at a crappy one, right? And uh, so uh, so the Democrat mayor there in D.C., uh, who's always a, a fun uh, uh, person to look at, uh, Muriel Bowser, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she has this indoor mask mandate, which she put into fact about July, I think it was, throughout the summer. She, you know, which means that everybody's got to wear that in any indoor facility you're in. And and so, and in fact, I think I got it right here. Let's see here. Per the CDC guidance and DC Mayor Muriel Bowser's executive order, all individuals over age two. So if you're under two, you're in a diaper, you can potentially get by without having that on there. But if you're two and a half, three, put the mask on, buddy. Okay. So all individuals over age two are required to wear a mask indoors, regardless of vaccination status. Masks must be always worn while in the restaurants, no matter what people, imagine this, except when you eat or drink and then you got to put it back on. And that's the policy even on that restaurant website, uh, that fancy high-priced little terrific uh, Italian a seafood place that they went to. Okay. Now, this report goes on to say the Biden's behavior echoed that of Bowser, who has repeatedly been photographed flouting her own mask mandate. So she's been caught multiple times now. Bowser has, just like Lori Lightfoot in uh, Chicago, same thing, same, same thing, same thing. We've seen this all the way back. This has been going on since the beginning of the pandemic. You know, you remember with Pelosi in San Francisco going to get the hair done when you couldn't even breathe outside. They locked up the dog parks and she's out there having a hair done in a, with no mask on or anything else in a uh, salon. You remember that whole opera? She got by it. She got through it. No problems. If, if you're on the left like that and you're part of the Marxist group, you can do that stuff all day long and they're not going to be held you accountable, you know. Uh, but that's uh, anyway. So they're caught up there and Bowser's been doing herself. She's been caught now indoors with no mask on. Uh, she was done at photograph without a face mask during her own uh, celebration of her birthday. How many, you know, we see Newsom being that way out there with that party. There are, so there's your story of the elites and the rest of us. You, you get it? I mean, it's a joke. And now it's we the people. And then what are we the people going to do? Well, they're going to go protest where? You're going to protest at the Capitol, the, you know, the, the people's house, right? And then, oh, my God, someone like Gates says, you can't do that. You know, it's an insurrection. You, you see, well, connect the dots, people. And then you want to say, what's wrong with the system again, Malcolm? Well, all right. All right, stories that matter. I want to leave you with Colin Powell. You got to hear these now, please. You got to hear these. Um, these are his 13 rules. And I want to honor him and honor the moment. Again, I don't, I don't agree with his political shift and his ideology, but I, I, I highly respect the man. I respect his accomplishments very, very much. And, uh, and it's a sad day. I mean, a, a sad week even. Let me, let me make no mistake about it, that we've lost Colin Powell. I, I take no, um, I, I never look, I look at that as a beautiful American thing that we have different differences and ideas. Again, taking away the Marxist business, I'm, I don't think that's part of our vernacular here. That's all I'm saying. You know where I draw the rules on this stuff, but I have no problem with different opinions, different, you know, that's a beautiful American tradition. I want to embrace that. I don't ever want you to leave the program here thinking that I don't embrace that. That's what makes me a different. Some people would say it makes me a little bit of a screwball too, but I like that. I, I'm happy to embrace. So I embrace, I, I celebrate Powell's life. Let me put it that way. I really do. I really do. So he had these 13 rules and they, they, he outlined these in his memoir, um, his book there, uh, it, uh, In Life and Leadership. Uh, was the name of that one. Uh, and it worked for me in life and leadership uh, is where he wrote these um, uh, 
uh, uh, snippets, these various pieces. Now, he, these were just things, and I love this because I've done this myself in my own life. Just listen to this now. These are things that he found over the years that he wrote, thought of, developed, or seen someone and made notes of them. And he kind of put it under, I think what he said, it was like his desktop or so. Yeah, glass-covered desktop. I had one of those at one time, too. I used a glass-covered, you could see things underneath and put the important stuff there. He would put some of those under there. I do the same thing. I love these sort of things, quotes and uh, these unique uh, uh, little little isms, you know, you catch in life. Love to read those little books and stuff. They give a little jump in your step, make you think. Well, let me give you, here's 13, please, right now. And uh, these are 13 rules that Pavel lived by. Okay, here they go here. Um, number one, it ain't so bad as you think. It will look better in the morning. Number two, get mad, then get over it. Number three, avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. Number four, it can be done, period. Number five, be careful what you choose. You may get it. Love that one. Number six, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Number seven, you can't make someone else's choices. You shouldn't let someone else make yours. So much truth to that, my friends. Number eight, check small things. Those are about details in life. Totally agree. I'm always a detail fanatic. Number nine, share credit. Don't be afraid to give credit to your neighbor and your friend. Number 10, remain calm. Be kind. And Pavel was that. He was calm. He was kind. He was all of that. It's all of that. Number 11, have a vision, be demanding. Number 12, don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. So important. Number 13, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Wow, those are 13 great rules to live by, my friends. And Colin Powell lived an amazing life. He accomplished so much. I respect the man very much. And uh, it is a sad day. We've lost this great patriot. I'll leave you with those words right there. We'll see you back at americaoutloud.com. And thank you, my friends, for joining me on the mission. Hear stories that matter this week. It's time to get involved and get loud.